Hey guys, this is Bruce from Printavo. Welcome to the first podcast and video series that we are starting. Uh, my name is Bruce Ackerman. I'm the founder of Printavo.com, simple shop management software. Today, I've brought on Steve Farrick. He's from Campus Sportswear and runs that print shop in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, this podcast is really around talking to other business owners and being able to learn and pull information that they've gained to help share that knowledge with a lot of other guys like you out there. So with that said, Steve, I appreciate you uh, taking some time out today and you're super busy as uh, school's running full steam, but um, feel free to just start introduce yourself and, and how you really got going in campus sportswear. Cool. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to help you start this podcast, Bruce. Um, a little bit about myself. My name is Steve Farrig. I'm uh, 25 years old, graduated at the University of Illinois in Central Illinois. Um, I sold a lot of apparel in college, and I used a mom-and-pop screen printing shop right here in town. Um, it was a shop called Campus Sportswear, which I ended up buying. And they've been around for 40 or 50 years, family-run, very little technology in the shop. And they were doing a lot of business just by word of mouth and good relationships. Um, I got to know them well enough. The day I graduated, I bought a third of the business. Um, we are now starting our third year at the company, which was once you know just a couple employees. We now have 10 employees. Um, we're building a second production facility. Uh, we've broken seven figures of business. So we're starting to really make that transition from a small business to a bigger business. And... Um, love being on the forefront of kind of the industry, learning all about it. It really is fascinating and it's great to just connect with everyone in the industry, kind of like how we met Bruce. Awesome. So I'm actually curious. So you said you were selling a lot of shirts initially. So how did you, how did you go about that marketing and the sales of, of getting that started? Yeah. So I, I thought I was a graphic designer in college. Um, I went to school initially to be an engineer and ended up not enjoying engineering. Um, but really enjoying entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and so I was in a fraternity like most college kids um, I was very active in a lot of different clubs and I started designing apparel for our organization uh, whether they were for drinking events or they were for different events on campus for philanthropic reasons um, I was able to, um, to kind of jimmy rig an e-commerce store I used like Shopify in college just to be able to let people um, pay for their apparel and then I would take the money and then I would go and get the apparel printed here in town. Um, so it got big enough to the point where I was able to pay for a whole year of college at the University of Illinois as a college student. Wasn't a bad side gig whatsoever, but um, it got me really close to the industry and really close to my business partners who I'm in business with now. Gotcha. And so that's interesting. I see a lot of comments from people talking about, you know, whether they're starting their business or they want to improve their sales, some different tips and tactics. So you really went the kind of almost creating your own little brand in a way to start selling it and, and start to generate those leads and sales. Yeah, I, I think what we have to realize is in our industry, we're in a very lucrative industry because everyone needs printed products. Everyone needs printed products. And um, I tell students this all the time. I work with quite a bit of students that want to start their own product lines. And I pretty much tell them, you know, you have to create the need in your market. And mm -hmm. what that means is you have to go to them and pitch the idea to them and show them a finished product or a mock-up and say, look, you've got an event coming up for a family reunion or you've got this birthday coming up. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be awesome if you had apparel for it? 
And as I did that, people just started relying on me. And in our business, you know, decorated apparel, decorated products is very much a relationship business. I work with college students all the time and I give them my cell phone number because they love texting me and sending me designs and asking me if this will work and they love being involved in that in that uh, in that ordeal and so what I kind of tried to do in college as a student is just build that relationship with other people Mm -hmm. um, provide needs that they might not think about design things for them that I knew would print and obviously that were very profitable and you know, I'd only make two or three dollars a shirt, but as a college student, when I could sell a hundred shirts and make two bucks a pop, two hundred dollars wasn't bad for a weekend um, as a college student. Now, when I got into the production side of things, that changed significantly, and the profit margins got a lot better. But I think the key principle that I learned in college is you have to go out and make, you know, you have to build the need for your customers. If that makes sense. Sure, gotcha. And that's interesting. So then you talked about buying a third of the business, uh, which is another piece that other people talk about too, is financing on the getting started in. So was that income that you saved up from working on you know, this stuff or was there loans or how did that work? Yeah, so there was a, a collection of a lot of different things. I think the, the business here in town realized that they needed me and I also needed them. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good fit. They realized that you know they're too older gentlemen who are my business partners now and they're like my second family but they realized they weren't going to take the business to the next level and if they didn't find someone young energetic that knew how to make it you know use technology the right way um, they were going to have to close up when they got old they didn't have anyone to pass the business off to so I took all the money that I saved up in college um, I gave that to them they kind of financed some of it for me I also have another loan that I took and I think the greatest part was that I'm actually going to pay off the business in my third year of business with them. And I, I think that's to show the amount of growth that we've had, but how well kind of the marriage has worked. Uh, we have had a lot of growing pains, don't get me wrong. A 25-year-old telling two 55-year-old guys what to do on a daily basis, where I knew nothing about the industry, um, does have some struggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's something you know I'll blog about and talk a little bit about later. But um, it was a good fit. And you know, there was a lot of money involved, but it's a lucrative enough business where I was able to plan it out and pay it off in a pretty short time frame. Gotcha. Are you able to say what what uh, what you uh, had to save up to put into that? Um, I mean, I, I saved up. Um, you know, it was the investment in the business well was well over six figures. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Sure. Did I have that to put down at the time? Not quite, but we made it work. Gotcha. Interesting, yeah. And so, talk to me. Talk to me about, you know, where they were at. Because you said that, you know, they they were kind of stuck as a business. And they wanted to grow more to the next level. Um, you know, describe that situation that they're in. Well, we like to say that at Campus Sports, where we have like now, we have the perfect ingredients. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my business partners is a very passionate graphic designer and artist, and he is really good separating artwork and getting it ready for printing there's nothing he can't digitize there's nothing he can't vector he's a really phenomenal artist Um, one of my other business partners has been screen printing since he was 12 years old and so he understands everything about screen printing and there isn't anything he can't really print Mm -hmm. so from the printing side of things they were very very sound but they really didn't have a channel for growth and sustainability besides walk in and call in customers and 
you know, when I asked them, I said, what kind of marketing do you do? And they said, none. We're just here. You know, they paid 200 I remember the first month, they paid $200 a month for a yellow page ad mm-hmm. to be listed in the yellow pages. And I'm, they didn't have a Facebook page. They didn't have a website. Uh, they barely had a website. It was not anything. You know, they weren't listed on Google. And yet they were doing, I mean, seven to $800,000 of revenue just by being those two good guys in town. And what I'm, I'm learning as I'm, you know, scouring through forums and Facebook posts and stuff, people, you know, that's kind of how they, they float in this business is just really strong relationships. So my business partners were really good at that. And I was kind of the last key to the puzzle where I could take the business and start to grow with it and, and use kind of the 21st century technology to keep it sustainable and to keep a pipeline of customers coming through it and to use basic marketing techniques and it's crazy that within the first year, we grew like 150% within the first year just by invoicing and billing people on time. You know, so, it's so crazy. talk to a little bit more about that too. So uh, bringing them from where they're at to that first year, like that transition, I talked to a lot of shops where they say, you know, um, it's hard for us to move forward because we've got printers and, and people who are more older, they're... Uh, they don't really want to use computers as much. Um, talk to me about that transition. Yeah, that was the hardest part um, because you know you realize a bunch of 24, 25-year-olds, you could put me in front of any piece of technology, Bruce, and I can use it. Mm-hmm. Um, you give it to someone who can, you know, who doesn't normally email, who you know is just getting a smartphone, and it's really scary for them. And the best example I can use is. My business partner Tom, he tells me he goes, and hopefully we can we can chat with him, you know, at another time. He said, Stephen, you know, I know I have to do it. It's like stepping over a cliff and knowing you have to jump, but it's really hard to. It's really mm-hmm. hard to let my business kind of go, but I know I have to do it. And he told me he said, you have to be patient with me because technology scares me. It really does. Um, I hate emailing. I, you know, I, I take phone calls and, you know, um, texting is a, is a weird thing to me. And this was a couple of years ago. And so I had to be really, 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 really patient from them, with mm-hmm. them. And so I had to find kind of weird things in my business so that we could kind of slowly adapt. Um, Printavo being one of them, we use a lot of different technologies. And now they think they are, you know, the cream of the crop. They, they, <laughs> they, they joke about it now. And they're like, oh, yeah, we are the most dynamic guys on the market Steven and they'll mock me and and be sarcastic and so you know I had to be very patient with them but I had to understand that I had to teach and I had to you know like even if it was hey Tom this is how you reply to an email don't write in all caps (laughs) Um, it's rude to the customer you know I had to show them how to do that because they really didn't know how to do that stuff and so I think businesses that are okay with using technology you are already 10 steps ahead of where I was. You know, the first major hump that I had was just getting them to accept that we needed to use this. And then the second hump was teaching them. So what I'm learning is that there are a lot of people that are ready to learn it already because they know it's their ultimatum. And so you know, I don't think too many people have to deal with it, but it definitely, and it's still, I still have challenges with it today. It's never ending. Gotcha. That, and that growth that you talked about, 150% in the first year, you said? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what was that? Talk to me. How was that? How did that happen? You know, what channels were you marketing through? Um, 
What did you do to make those tweaks internal? You talked about invoicing, collecting payments on time, things like that, but were there other tips? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tom, my business partner, was everything in the business. He would burn screens, he would do a lot of the printing, Mm -hmm. he would answer emails, and he would do the billing at night. Sure. And he really didn't have, you know, he did it all by carbon copy pieces of paper. So... You know, I every morning have about 50 emails in my inbox with customers, and some days it's hard for me and my office manager to answer them. I can't even imagine how he was able to answer them. And so I think we, when when I stepped up to the plate, I was able to just process people a lot quicker. So I think the first thing was just the speed at which I could turn around an inquiry into a job. Right? I could get a customer a proof, an order, a quote. And I could get that probably a lot faster than they used to be. Uh-huh. So I think that's number one. Number two was we had a way, and we use Printavo every day. We have it on all our tablets and stuff. But we were able to see jobs, forecast, plan, and therefore we could produce jobs a lot quicker. I mean, I can produce. I you know There are days where Tom, my business partner, will say, we can take more orders today or we can't take more orders today for this week. And every day we keep pushing the envelope because we are just tightening the bolts and making ourselves so much more efficient to the point where none of us even have to be in the shop for us to place orders anymore. And that's the beauty of it is we're all kind of on the same page now mm-hmm. and all of our orders are kind of rolling at the same pace. And, and that's, that has to be one of the, you know, the biggest things. Probably you see this, Bruce, when you see a lot of shops going through this transition it does take some time Mm -hmm. but once everyone's oars are in a row and they start paddling it's like crazy how much more you can produce at such a faster rate sure so the biggest thing you're talking about is efficiency so getting everyone on the same page um, uh, transparency throughout the business get everyone streamlined so once you had that what sorts of marketing channels were you using to help push out your services and, mm-hmm. and be able to reach new people yeah so I think um, using your current relationships to leverage new relationships um, believe it or not I started working with college students and I took my five top customers and I actually turned them into my employees and so they're actually my salespeople so I have one channel of students that sell a lot of apparel with me and to put into perspective, I now have about 15 that are going to sell over a half million dollars this year. Um, so I'm leveraging those current That's students. Yeah, I'm leveraging those current relationships. I turn them into my employees, and then I had them work through their networks. That was one way, which is a little more uncommon for the typical screen printing business. Sure. Um, but just by interacting with my customers on a regular basis. Um, and giving them content on a regular basis and by interact like emailing them you know it sounds silly but sending them an email once a month and letting them know what we were up to always made them have us at the top of their minds and so it's crazy I would get text messages from some customers like hey I'm sending someone your way like I saw your guys's Facebook post about this you know and so it's like people want to help people get their shirts ordered because when you have that, and I'll talk about this in some of my blogs, is everyone has their guy that prints shirts. Oh, I got a guy that can do that. So Steven turned into the t-shirt guy, and my friends had a guy, and that was me. And sure. so like, when I kept building that network up and being right in front of them and, and, and showing them all the stuff I was doing, I kept building up that network. So one basic way of doing it was just like communicating with all my customers on a monthly basis using something as simple as MailChimp. 
Okay, so you, you use know, Mailchimp for, and you set up your your contacts in there and sent it out monthly. Yeah, so you know, after using, um, like, we used Printavo for a year, and we had all of our customers in an email base. I scraped all the customers from Outlook. I loaded them up on Mailchimp. It was like a thousand customers or so, and I would just send them stuff like once a month, like, hey. Um, happy spring, you know, we're working on mom's weekend here in Champaign-Urbana, um, let us know little leagues around the corner, um, get your spirit wear, and I would send them three or four things, and they appreciated that, you know, my red, like, my open rates on some of those emails were like 75%. Really? And, and, and that was huge. crazy, it was like in my first year with such a small audience, people were listening to me. Really? Wow. And 75% like, and, is crazy. Yeah, and so like I run some pretty big marketing campaigns now for some other companies and you know I'm sending emails out to 50, 60,000 people where the open rate is less than like 15% if mm-hmm. I'm lucky. And when I was sending out very specific unique messages to a small audience, and it could be 500, it could be 1,000, um, people were opening it and people were listening. And I was very, very specific about the way I was targeting those messages and trying to be intimate with them. I think another thing I did that I really like, Bruce, and this is something you do all the time, is I sent out surveys mm-hmm. um, to my customers. Tell me things you like, tell me things you didn't like. And we would just change our business and it, it gave them a way to be involved and it, it allowed them to interact with us and to know that they were a part of the growth of our business. I think that was really, gotcha. really important. So a lot of email blasts, regular, very personalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, surveys to understand your customer base. Yeah, we definitely like to do the same too and try to get cl- as close to our customers that way as possible. And you talk about one thing as well, which is that personal branding side, which is interesting. So is the Steve, the t-shirt guy that, you know, his, this is the guy that I go to to get that done. How, where did that... Um, was that coming from just you, you know, being out there talking to people, or did you really label yourself as that? Yeah. How did that grow? I mean, it was it was twofold. One, I was Stephen, the T-shirt guy in Champaign Urbana. Um, but two, I put my name on just about everything, so people knew the name Stephen. And it's funny, I kind of get that from you, Bruce. Um, you know, everyone knows Bruce from Printavo. Sure. And, you know, the funny story I'll tell, the, the reason I realized my name holds a pretty good personal brand is when we were out in, what, we were in Long Beach, mm-hmm. everyone was coming up to you and saying, hey, you're Bruce from Printavo. And they're like, yeah, that's me. I'm Bruce. But your name holds a lot of your brand. And, you know, Bruce, whether we know your last name or not, we know you're Bruce from Printavo. I guess, could you shed a little, you've done this a lot, probably, I've learned more from you. Could you talk a little bit about kind of how you branded Printavo with your name? Sure. Um, yeah, so a little bit of background so everyone knows too. So uh, we just went to Long Beach in January to ISS, and we did that to really meet with our customers, new and current customers. Uh, and Steve was going to be out there actually visiting his sister in LA and I told him you gotta swing by and just talk to people you know people love to see they love the video that you put out of just how we use it you've been with us a while you use the platform to the fullest um, can you just talk to customers and Steve came out and, and did that for a couple of days which is amazing I really appreciate that and and so I would say at least for us the personal branding or for me the personal branding is important in that we want to be, you know, very familiar and personable. 
we want to be the people that's down the hall or you know or down the block your neighbor in a sense um and not ever a a company that has no name or face to it so i think no matter what size we get to it's important that i i am literally sending out emails and if I'm not sending out emails, then if the email gets sent out, it'll come back to me because I want to get in there. I talk to customers just as much, still answer the phone, um, still respond to questions along with our customer success team to be able to help people. Uh, Our goal is always to to help people in their businesses. And so just fulfilling that mission, part of it is just being at the forefront and spending that extra time. Yeah. I don't think I really appreciated what it meant to work with the owner of a company until it was myself, you know. Um, and when when I you know, I remember when I first logged on to Printavo and I shot you a message and you fired one back, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's like the owner of it. And you know, I'm realizing the value in businesses where the owners are involved. Um, I always had this impression that I was going to buy this screen printing company. I was going to make some fixes and set it on its way and you know, move back up to Chicago and not have to do anything anymore. Um, I quickly learned that was not the case. Uh, but moreover, I also learned that people like interacting with the person in charge of the business. We get a lot of people that come from other local screen printers and are like, we just, we don't even know the owner there. Sure. And and I take pride in the fact that my office is at the front of our shop. Um, I will answer any text message, any email at any time of the day. And I know everything about every email coming into our shop. And you know, one thing that I've learned that's helped me out a lot is is just being in on everything because you're only going to care about your business. You're you're the one that's going to care the most about your business. Anyone you hire, unfortunately, you know, you can hope they can care about your business as much as you do. But at the end of the day, it's your business. Your name is at the top of the business. It's what's going to keep you up at night. It's what's going to make you poor. It's gonna it's what's going to make you rich. Therefore, when you can instill that from a top level, from a bottom level into your business, then your customers are going to take that and really appreciate it. You know, sure. and I have I have great conversation with business owners, probably the same way you do, Bruce. Um, when it's a tech support question, I mean, you're you're the one answering a lot of those tech support questions, right, Bruce? Or yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, we're growing our success side, so people that can help respond and help people utilize our uh, tool better, but at the same time, I dive in every single morning and late at night to, to, to get people's questions answered as well. I think it's important. I still run a lot of our catching up meetings and, and things like that. It not only helps obviously drive Printava where it should go, but it's just like you said, you know, that people like to, to have that conversation. They like to feel like they have a connection to more than they're just paying for it. You know, and and that's what I see you guys are generating with that too. It's not just that people are buying a T-shirt. It's, yeah, we're you know I'm working with Steve on this, and he 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 helped me out with with this uh, order. So, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, with that said too, so that was the first year, which was which was interesting. Getting started, getting efficient, really ramping up the marketing. So you you took the business from where it was to to talk about a little bit about today and and kind of that span so maybe hiring people the the growth pains different things like that sure 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 so really the growth of our business was twofold we were growing our production side of things Mm -hmm. um 
And we're also growing our sales side of things. Like I mentioned, I started with some college students to try to recreate that experience that I had in college. And uh, the results were tremendous. Like I said, our students were on a couple different college campuses right now. And they're going to do over a half million dollars of revenue. And they're going to make some good money. So one channel that we had was hiring salespeople, primarily salespeople who are under 21 years old, mm-hmm. uh, which has its own set of growing pains. Uh, the funny part about these kids is they all think they're graphic designers as well, which as screen printers, we all know a true screen print designer is not a graphic designer, and they're two very different things. Mm-hmm. So I had to work with them, um, and I spent a lot of time with them. But the other side of the table was also hiring our office staff and our production staff to be able to fulfill all the orders. And really what I learned with them is you have to give them autonomy over their job. Um, you have to let them own their job, but you also have to teach. You know, I, I think management has three key facts. I call it tracking, teaching, and inspiring. And you know, you have to hold them accountable. They have to be good at their job. But you have to make them enjoy their job. And here at campus, I mean, we have fun. We print a lot of shirts. We're in a very small shop on the second floor. And we probably bang out more shirts per square foot than any other screen printer. I would, you know, I know I've seen some really small shops. We're in a really tight shop right now. But my employees, they, they enjoy what they do. They take pride in what they do. More importantly, they own it. And I always have this, this thing just own what you do own so, what you do yeah own talk, what you do. talk about that a little bit more the autonomy how, how do you deliver that to the sales reps and to your staff yeah so my staff here at the shop they're all older than me you know and and that's that's a challenge to have people that are older than you working for you that you want them to own your business that has a lot of challenges and so i like to set really really good expectations of these are the things i expect Um, This is our standard of performance and how we want to deliver things and you can operate anywhere in that medium You know as long as you meet our standard of performance and as long as you meet these expectations You can take your breaks. You can do what you need to do. You can come in early You know you can you know allowing them freedom. I don't clock them in and clock them out They know when it's time to work Um, so you know around 430 every day when the shop starts to get slow I don't get upset that they're going to start closing up the shop for the day. I don't pound more work into them because I've realized they've been busting their ass for the last, you know, eight or nine hours. And so they appreciate the respect and, you know, I appreciate that they've been working hard for me all day. So setting, wait, I just want to touch on that. Setting the expectations, how are you doing that really specifically? Is it one, two, three on a piece of paper? Is it you kind of setting the model and doing and showing them and they follow it. How do you do that and kind of reinforce it over time too? Yeah, so I I don't deal with a terrible amount of the production because my business partner, Tom, like I said, has been screen printing since he was 12. So that's really his baby. But what I see that he does is he lays out every job that has to go through the day. And he kind of sets the stage and says, look, boys, this is what we have to do today. Mm -hmm. Let's get to work, you Mm -hmm. know. And the expectation is, if this is what has to be done today, this is what will be done today. Mm-hmm. And so I let them go and take their drink breaks and smoke breaks and do whatever they need to do. Um, but they know, like, if this job isn't done, the day was not successful. And if the job, you know, if they finish their stuff at 4.15, sometimes we just let them go home early because they've met, they've seen, you know, the day laid out in front of them and they've met the expectations. Um, they also know that the quality has to be there as well. We have, you know, 
three phenomenal screen printers. We have automatic jobs, manual jobs running. They divvy up the jobs among themselves. They work as a team. Um, and they just kind of like, they know that anything less than you know a happy customer means reprinting the shirts. They're the ones that are going to be reprinting them if they're not done right. You know, so knowing that, you know, we're not using fear or anything like that. Um, I don't. I'm not into like you know using fear as a tactic, um, but just setting you know setting that bar that like this is how we do things here. Sure. And everyone follows that. You know, so it, it's a, it's a weird science. You know, I'd love uh, maybe Tom will hop on here in a little bit and talk talk about that on another time. Um, but you know we really jive here, and that's that's a great blessing, I guess. Have you had people that didn't meet that, and how how did you help correct that? Did you have to let them go, or did you? Sure. How did you retrain sure, that? Sure, sure, I did hire a. You know, one of the funniest things when I first got hired or first bought into the company, they're like, Stephen, you will have to. You need to hire another screen printer. And uh, I went searching for screen printers, and screen printers are not very easy to find. Yeah, they're just not. I mean, it is a very skilled trade. And so, believe it or not, I found a screen printer that knew how to print. And he was a phenomenal screen printer. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lacked the interpersonal skills of just, like, good human nature mm-hmm. to complement his work. And, you know, there's really, like, there's two sides of that. There's, like, your skill and your effort, right? Mm-hmm. I can't teach effort. I can't teach showing up to work on time. I can't teach... You know, having a good attitude, having a good work ethic. I can't teach that stuff. I can't teach lying, you know. Um, but what I can teach and what Tom can teach is how to be a phenomenal screen printer. So he lasted like two months because he could never show up to work and he was always late and there was always another excuse. And, you know, we finally, we hired someone actually with no screen printing experience. Gotcha. And we pretty much said, give us your effort, give us your integrity, give us your hard work, give us your drive. And we will make you good at screen printing. And, you know, that's kind of what I learned. It's kind of like a sport. It is just like a sport. You know, you need, if you can't show up to practice, the coach can't coach you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Interesting. And that's that's the attitude we took. Um, And I think in in any of the decorated, in, in the decoration industry, like, it is a skilled trade. But what you can't have are people that don't show up to work, people that show up late, people that have, like, a bad attitude, like, terrible for, for for a shop yeah you know so absolutely yeah we definitely focus too on uh hiring slower and making sure that they do have that motivation and that drive and are super optimistic like almost crazily optimistic um but absolutely just showing up on time and making sure that that you really care about what you're doing and care about the details does go a long way so that brings me to the, your sales staff. So you talk about, you know, training people and especially on the sales, the student side, how did you go through that and learn to adjust with kids that are less, you're less than 21 years old? I mean, that, you know, I, I remember being in that age, although that wasn't that long ago, but still, obviously they have different priorities, especially sure. being in college. Sure. So what listeners don't know, Bruce, you screen printed in college, right? You had your own screen printing company, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We That's where Printable came from. Um, we had a small shop, about five or six people. And yeah, we were printing a ton, obviously, for the University of Illinois as well. 
So not everyone is like, not every college student is like Bruce uh, in the sense that you're not going to get these ambitious kids that want to print. Uh, most kids have a couple things on their mind, their social life and what's going to pay for their social life. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so I had to turn their job into that experience. Um, and so I work with them on a couple different things. One is I teach them sales. And so, you know, once a week they get one-on-one attention with me for about 30 to 40 minutes and we really work on their network and how they're going to reach out to new leads and new customers. And we have a calendar and, you know, a whiteboard of all the different events that are coming up and how they're going to reach out to them via usually like text message or Facebook message or whatever. And so I do spend a lot of time um, teaching them sales. Um, But on the other side of things, I also have to teach them about the industry. So one thing that they do spend a lot of time in here in our shop is like folding shirts, um, just helping out around the shop, um, seeing how ink colors work, seeing what a flash is. I think when a student understands flash, it's like this revelation where like, huh, so I can sell like light colored shirts and they can be done quicker and we can do them for cheaper. Like, sure. yeah, yeah, you can. Sure. Um, so I really have them dive into it and get busy with their hands. They don't do any of the physical printing whatsoever. Um, but once I teach them about printing, then I just keep pushing sales. And then we have a group camaraderie part of it where I take them out to dinner every couple weeks. Um, and we just kind of have a good time, you know, remember that they're college students. Um, I do take them to Canada once a year for like a sales conference. Oh, really? So you take them to, to, uh, uh, actual like an educational yeah yeah so I don't know how much education happened at the last one but <laughs> I I took them to Windsor Canada which is you know a little Las Vegas for college students and you know I rented out a boardroom and we did a day-long seminar on you know like all the different aspects of our, of our business and I made a board book and we dressed up and you know I made it legit and um, I think that's the aspect where they realize this is real Sure. I, was, I was just interviewing a new student today and I brought in one of the older students who's going to be his mentor and he said, you know, you're going to learn a lot of real life you know, experience here. You're going to learn about when money's on the line and time's the essence and how to get an order in. And if there's one thing I've learned as a student is like this is real life, you know, and how to set expectations with customers. So hearing that made me super proud, um, but it takes a lot of like TLC with them my phone, I have to live on their lifestyle, like their timetable. So they'll be texting me at midnight about orders and I'm answering them, you know. Um, if a student's going to sell that much apparel, you just have to adapt to what their schedule is like. Sure. So the so. camaraderie, kind of adjusting to what their lifestyle expectations, communications are, um, and making sure that they feel like they're part of the club or the, or the crew too and really yeah. understand the printing and not just kind of all right, get out there, you know, yeah. just go send we, in the design work. You know, we do a lot of professional development with them. I look at their resumes. I help them with their career fair stuff. You know, my goal is that when they graduate, they can talk about helping campus sportswear grow and they can use that on their resume. So it's cool that we're on a college campus and we can do that. Our business model is growing to start moving to other college campuses. Um, so that is a cool thing that we have access to. But I think the message here is that anyone can be a salesperson for you. You know, a salesperson is nothing but just like a network, and it's okay to compensate them. And I think um, it's something I started doing for for my students, and they love it. They don't make a killer. 
Yeah. But how how they, did you set that up? Like your commission and, and this and how you compensate them? Yeah. So I mean, I I pay my students a commission. They have a calculator. It's on Excel. I'm you know, kind of a math nerd, so it's all. They plug in how many ink colors, how many pieces they're going to sell, sure. what the stipulations of the job are, and it spits out a number of how much they're going to make. Sure. And uh, at the end of the day, they know, you know, exactly what they're going to make, and that's it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I, I want them to make more than their average college jobs. And for some students that I have, I have one student that sold over a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, he was able to make a dent in his college tuition. It made me really happy. Wow. You know that that he was able to do that. Wow, so, that's crazy. It doesn't, you know, like, I've actually started to have professionals ask me if they could sell apparel for me. You know, part-time people that just need something to do for extra money. I don't see that as being a negative thing as long as you have a structure and, and you're able to build that up. Gotcha. Interesting. Very cool. So uh, you talked about the future. I, I definitely want to get to that too now. So you're here. Uh, is there a rough number of revenue that, that you said that you're at now? So we've broken, you know, two years ago we broke seven figures and we are climbing. So in the first okay. year we, we did 150%. Um, we are we did 200% the following year. So we are growing end over end. Right now me and my business partners are building a new production facility um, so that we can sustain the growth that we're about to really go through. Um, I like to say that the growth that we have right now is very organic. I'm not forcing it. Sure. You know, I haven't really turned the faucet on yet sure. and done the full bore plan, you know. So we're kind of just ramping it up slowly, slowly making sure we can still offer our customers what they need, making sure our technology is modernizing so that we can support our business. And then once we have our facility, we'll really start cranking it up and, and, and doing that. And, you know, that point should come within the next couple of years. Um, where we can see triple, you know, four or five times growth in a, in a given year. So hopefully that day is coming. Yeah. So that's one of the, the other questions I want to ask is multiple locations. So how are you starting to tackle that? Um, maybe mm-hmm. just a high level of not only the financial investment, which is huge, but managing a staff there. Where are you deciding to go to next? How did you pick that location? Right, right, Things right, like that. Right. So all of our production is going to be in one spot, and I think any screen printer or decorator will know it's easy to control it if it's in your backyard. So, you know, for our temp purposes, we're going to keep our production right here in central Illinois. Mm-hmm. But that being said, our sales force can be anywhere. And we primarily do everything over the cloud, obviously using Printable a lot and some other different tools that we use for e-commerce and some other things. Um, but we are going to build one facility where it can all be produced. Okay, and then you know we're gonna have an office probably on the front of that facility that's processing all of it, where our graphic designers are, where our office managers are, where our marketing team is, and from that point, once we have that kind of perfect uh, production facility, that's where we're gonna really turn the sales channel on and start selling, setting people up as you know affiliate partners. So I think it's really important to have one location. I think. You know, I think I know some screen printers that have multiple locations. Right now, we screen print in one spot and embroider in the other. And it does cause some problems because we have to ship stuff in different spots and sometimes it's a nightmare. Um, luckily, they're only 10 miles away. But, you know, I, I'm really excited to have one central location. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to talk about real quick before I let you go just give me a lesson learned, something that you feel other shop owners can take and 
that could make an impact on their their business too. Yeah, I think um, I think what I've learned about this industry is the decorating printing the decorating and printing industry is flying by the seat of their pants. They're always just trying to get stuff done, get stuff done, and very rarely am I watching businesses actually stop, make a plan, and get organized. Um, and I think to to live in this industry and to thrive into the next century, old businesses have to realize that things that they have been doing for the last 20 years might not be sustainable in the future. Mm-hmm. And so if there's one lesson I take away, it's you have to be able to put your business on one sheet of paper and to know that you know you are making money and to know that you're not just spinning your wheels and just taking orders to take orders and to be strategic about it. But I think the one thing you can realize is it's not that hard. We are in a very simple industry. This isn't rocket science. We're not building an electric car. Um, We are putting ink on a shirt for people. And if we remember that we're in a simple industry and we use very basic tools like to get organized, to have a plan, your business can can start to grow itself. And so if I think, you know, the one takeaway I've had in the last couple of years is like, you have to get organized, and you can't procrastinate on that organization. Awesome, Steve. Well, I really appreciate uh, all the tips and just being super open, transparent. I, I definitely know this is going to help other print shops and even guys that haven't started a print shop or is further along and all in between. So uh, thank you again, and we will be in touch, and and I uh, appreciate the time. Cool. I'm looking forward to it, Bruce. All right. Take bye. Care. See ya.